Okay. Uh, Brina. Brina. Cactus. Remember how we read that one story? It might have been, like, a little bit creepy. Yeah, um, the one where they, like, yeah. buried their village in the caves? And there was, like, there once was five. Yeah. And, and there was there a really good rhyme. Four, and then no more. Or four. Mm-hmm. Yep, I remember Cactus. Yeah, it was It was like that. Yeah, but so so I might have been in another one of those sections that you tell me not always to go to because they're kind of creepy. But yeah, I mean, Cactus, it's not only that they're creepy, but you're about to like get pulled into like some sort of weird portal in those sections. It's well, just dangerous. I mean, it is and dangerous. You but are gonna go without me? Like, what if you get pulled through a portal and we can't even be together anymore? I'm pretty Cactus? sure we have a special magic connection, and I think it would be fine. I don't think that's how that works, Cactus. It's not a try hard and believe in yourself situation? No, no. Oh, shoot. You just can't go alone. You have to bring me with you. But what did you find? Uh, I found this this book uh, that is called the... You know I can't read very well. Um, it says The Amber Tempest. Yeah. Um, but on it, doesn't this look like... Yeah, one? It, it's the same symbol. The same symbol, and but the picture of the, the lady yeah. with the red Vexus. hair. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Okay, Cactus, is this what you is this what you want to read tonight, Cactus? Are you sure? Well, I just was thinking that like So there I have these like do you get these weird dreams sometimes about how there was like this this some crazy stuff that happened with this magic tree and there was like fighting on campus. Do you ever have that dream? I do sometimes have that dream, Cactus, yeah. but I feel like that could never happen. It's not like the adults at this school would ever allow anything bad to happen no, to us. No, that's true. They're very competent, these adults, yeah. always always taking care of the students and never having any problems with that. They know what but, to do. But I was thinking that this seems like maybe it's important and what if we needed to know this? Yeah, I think, I mean, I think it's worth reading Cactus for sure. Because also, like, even though it was kind of scary, I do really want to know what happened. Me too. Me too. Okay, Cactus. Well, I think let's snuggle in. And I actually was just in a different section and I found this really amazing book um, on all of the herbs you can grow in the dark. So maybe we can read that after this book. Oh, that's a good and idea. It maybe will help us feel better. And maybe have some better... I, I'm kind of... I have to be honest. I'm kind of tired of mushrooms. Well, I don't know why you would say that to me, Cactus, but... Okay, we can try something different. Well, it, it, it wasn't. It was just like it would be nice to add some extra spices and stuff. Um, anyways, I'm ready if you're ready. Let's do it. Okay. An entry by Forge Magic Spoon. Adventure extraordinaire. Documenter of all things magical and wondrous. Historian from the time of lore. 
It was once said that the Ascended had fear. Now, what would these great arcane beings from the time of Lord have to fear? They had all sorts of magic at their fingertips, ready to summon storms and power equal to that of the gods. But I must say, even the Ascended had secrets. We open on Farlight Castle, far in the north in what is now known as the Relhand Wilds, where Malvaris and Vexus, who would soon ascend to essentially godhood, Malvaris the Everdying and Vexus the Flame, in the heart of the castle, in their studies. Vexus. Yes, Malvaris. You remember when Keldir became this creature of secrets, and we both shared our our deepest secrets. Of course. That could never be forgotten. I fear that that secret could get out. Things once spoken have a way of finding their way to the wrong ears. The thought has crossed my mind, I'll admit, but we're the only two who know... What could possibly happen? The gods have their ways, just as we do, you know. Mm. Just as Salun has his watchtowers that see through the plains, I see no reason why the gods could not have something like that here, in spite of our protections. There is a sense of foreboding that comes with sharing your secret, even with a close friend. Malvaris, are you feeling something? I need you to do something for me. Anything. To a certain extent. I don't want my heart on this plane anymore. And you have developed these magics, controlling the elements, the winds and the waters. What are you asking of me? Could you hide it? Vexus takes a long, deep breath. She's thinking. I suppose there could be a way. A magical item of this magnitude, whether organic or not. It would be a difficult task. It would hold markers that might have effects that I can't foresee. It would require a great sacrifice. All our magic has required sacrifice. This is true. Now that I've given up everything, what could possibly be left to give? And I'm willing to try. If you do this for me, I will ensure that you live forever. Vexus just kind of does like a quick nod of her head. What do I need to know? In the center of the Ashvale Sea lies a small box. Uh, he pulls out um, a small um, crystal. I imagine, like, almost if you've seen seen um, the Fellowship of the Rings when Galadriel gives Sam the light of Elendil, um, something that looks similar in shape to that. Just a small little, like, glass vial and crystal. Mm-hmm. Um, but instead of light, in the center is this, like, kind of swirling dark blue... Um, suspended in 
you're not sure if it's in liquid or 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 in nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, but he says, if you follow this, it will show you and unlock the way there. It will be done. So Vexus starts to think about what she can do. What, like, what does she, um, like, what do, do you know what she already knows? Would she already know to a certain extent what she would need to do? Would it require a lot of research? Um, I think the kind of stuff that, um, like Malvaris and Vexus are working towards is not researchable. It's like it's theoretical. Like, it's all just like, mm-hmm. well, one time I created a storm with magic like this. Maybe I could amplify it. Okay. Maybe I could, but it's, it's all kind of. So you see Vexus go up to her quarters and, um, she locks her door behind her finds like a false stone in the floor and pulls out an old wooden box and when she opens it a light shines from it and you can see inside the box it's velvet lined and there is the most beautiful amber gem heart and inside of this gem is like embedded in the amber a beetle and the beetle seems to be made up of um like hundreds of of pieces you can see that it's fractured in 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 some way Mm -hmm. um and she tucks it like into her heart little heart pocket you know deep where no one can see or find it. And um, and then she emerges from her room, ready for her journey. Um, as you emerge, Malvar says, if you want to do this alone, you can. Or I can come with you. It's always a risk for the two of us to be together outside of this place. I feel that this is something that I need to face alone. Very well. I will take with me the crew of our most uh, trusted servants. Um, so as you do that, or as you say that, he, uh, Malvaris's eyes go like green, um, but like like that, like pale rotten green um, uh, and he Asharoth and these creatures that you're used to by now but they just line basically the walls of, of Farlight um, kind of do that like unstiffening of like joints that have been locked for days years decades uh you hear hear the bones kind of snapping together. He then, with his finger, reaches out, and you watch as this magic is happening. You watch his face go from like kind of an aged man, leathery skin, to um, 
like sunken in eyes, like where his skin is so tight you can see his bones. Um, where if you didn't know any better, you would think he was dying in front of you. Uh, and with his finger um, on your forehead, he draws a broken infinity symbol and says, they will follow you unwaveringly, your every command. Thank you, my friend. I promise that you can trust me with this secret and that I will treat your heart as if it is my own. Thank you. And then she goes and just like unwaveringly like marches to the sea and gets on a ship. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I feel like she would be um, at the helm mm-hmm. the whole time with no need to rest. Mm-hmm. Um, that she would hide the crystal from the crew, mm-hmm. um, that they would not know where they were going. She would take no questions. Um, and this, this undead crew asks no questions. Perfect. <laughs> um, and so they travel in silence uh, for many days, and Vexus does not eat or sleep. Mm-hmm. She is single-mindedly um, focused on her journey And although the undead cannot sense it because they have no feeling, um, there grows inside her a sense of unease uh, because this is a type of magic that she's not done before. And she knows that the cost will be great, but she does not know from whence it will come. Mm -hmm. So as you travel on the sea, um, days and days of silence with this this crew that just follows your every word doesn't interact with each other, doesn't interact with you unless, unless asked to, um, you follow this strange crystal that Malvaris gave you and you watch, um, every day you notice it seems to point in a direction, pull you in a direction, almost as though it's guiding the ship. And then one day the black and blue, just fills the whole crystal. Um, You watch in front of you as the ocean drops out almost. um, And, and it's almost as if there's like these waterfalls into, into the depths where the ocean is no more, but there's no reason that it shouldn't be. Um, Your boat stops. Um, It's not like a whirlpool down. Um, what do you do? Vex says she can control the elements. Mm-hmm. You can basically do any magic you can think of yeah. at this, at this okay. level. Okay. Um, Vexus commands the crew to stay on the ship. Mm-hmm. And um, almost like uh, creates a she she bends the water to become a staircase mm-hmm. and she descends mm-hmm. and as she descends into the hole i'm picturing that the crystal gets brighter and brighter mm-hmm. as it's nearing its source and 
um, the sense of dread that she feels gets deeper and deeper um, because she has begun to form a hypothesis regarding the cost that it will take to um, to preserve Malvaris's heart. Mm. And so she, when she gets to the bottom, what does she see? Uh, well, as you tra- as you descend uh, the top levels, you see f- you see schools of fish, um, kind of nature acting as nature. Um, as you get deeper, uh, life changes and warps. Um, things don't look natural anymore, and the deeper you get, the more dead everything is um, to the point where you get to the bottom and it's like this this coral graveyard of skeletons and uh, like fish and whale and shark skeletons and um, the plant life is all dead but preserved um, almost like like <laughs> instant skeleton instant um, uh, I can't think of the word um Fossils, instant fossils everywhere. Um, And in the center, uh, surrounded by all this stuff that you've seen Malvaris's work, you get the sense that um, this light or this this strange object that he gave you is holding everything still, Mm. that it could all come to come into undeath or unlife in a moment. Mm hmm. Uh, you feel this pulsing, this beating from the strange box, and you can feel the doof, 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 doof of uh, of this heart locked away at the bottom of the sea. Mm-hmm. She walks towards it, and as she approaches it. She's kind of looking around, um, almost it seems like looking for a way out. And then when she realizes what she needs to do, she goes and she gathers from one of the skeletons. She gathers the skull and she places it on the on the north end of the heart. And she next gathers um, the this like rib cage and places it on the north east next is the pelvis to the south and finally the like tibia to the west and she places her you know she reverently opens her jacket and places the amber gem on top of the heart and then you see her bow um, onto her knees and um, and you begin to hear a, a noise coming from within her and it sounds like the roaring of the wind and it builds and it builds and she's you know, to the point where she's screaming and you begin to see the light, the gem was giving off a faint orange light 
that it continues to get brighter and brighter and it's encompassing and filling and and you begin to see that as the light gets brighter not only is the light spreading but also that there seems to be um, these small pieces of the beetle inside are breaking off and releasing as puffs of smoke slowly and more and more as she as she begins this guttural cry um more and more black smoke until it's a just a swirling of black and orange all around and finally with the final roar it goes dark everything except for the crystal that she got from Malvaris and um, the gemstone and the heart have disappeared. And above the, when she looks up, she sees like a whirlpool above in the sky and it's crackling with orange light. And, and as you look up and see that, that whirlpool above this tempest um, you see clouds and lightning and all of this strange orange magic but it's separate from the material plane that you've been in you it's almost as though as you sent out this cry you ripped reality apart and this storm this convergence you can see on the from your vantage point on the left is this this beautiful um area of sky um different colored clouds and winds um things flowing in the air and on the right you see water and you watch as these things collide and you're controlling it all um and then in the blink of an eye it's gone and you're at the bottom at the ocean floor with these walls of water up the side She rides on the wind back to the boat. And as she alights back on deck, she turns to the servants, the undead servants, and says, take me back. And she enters the cabin and does not emerge until they return. So as you return uh, to Farlight, you see Malvaris his undead self um, showing more and more as he continues to draw on this magic breaking the cycles of life and death Um, he looks at you says Vexus you've changed I did what had to be done to accomplish the task that you gave me. Um, and as he looks, he sees the form of Vexus, once once with red hair, that is now literally flame. Her eyes burning with pain and rage and power. Sparks flickering from them. You did it. You have ascended. It is done. And you need to know that there will never be any reason for you to protect my secret like the necessity 
of me protecting yours. What did you do? I did what had to be done. Your heart is now protected by the souls of my people. A smile creeps across his face. They will never find rest. (laughs) You truly are ready. Come, Vexus. We have gods to kill. And she just, like, flames. I'm picturing, like, when you're trying to turn the stove on, and, like, you, it's the gas for a while before the flame comes, and it's just like... Wow. Brina, they seem like they are really dangerous. Yeah, Cactus, I don't think we would want to hang out with them if we ever met them in real life. No, I think those are definitely, like, those are stranger danger kinds of people. It seems like, like, what's the point of having all that power if all the people that you love are gone? I just don't, I just don't understand why you would make that decision. I don't know, I just, it doesn't seem like if if you love people, you probably don't, don't destroy their souls. I agree, Cactus. I couldn't agree. I would never do that to you, Cactus. Same. I would give up everything to take care of you. Ugh, me too. You. Well, Cactus, I think that was important for us to know, even though it was hard. But do you want, do you want to read the herb book for a little while before we go to sleep? Because I'm feeling a little tense. Well, I was actually thinking, what if we, we haven't done this in a while. What if we sneak out of the library and we just go hang out by the singing tree? And just look at the stars and talk about all our dreams and plans for making, for, for like after we're done with school, when we graduate with honors, probably. Yeah, of course. And all of that kind of stuff. You know what, Cactus? I think that's a good idea. I like to stay down here because it makes me feel safe and it makes me feel like I can find a lot of knowledge. But Cactus, I think that's a really good idea. I think that my soul could use a little bit of star in its life. Let's go look at the stars. Yeah, I agree. Maybe we'll find a picture of a dragon turtle in them. Oh, I bet there's lots of dragon turtles. Probably lots of gnomes riding dragon turtles. I think that's a very common occurrence in this world, so I'm sure that we would be able to find it. I agree. All right, let's go. All right, Cactus, let's do it. Hey, thanks so much for attending the Fae Forge Academy today. Uh, before you go, don't forget to check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash Academy. Um, and also stop by Greenleaf Geek, which is at Greenleaf Geek on Twitter and Instagram or greenleafgeek.com. Get all your dice needs fulfilled. Um, uh, and don't forget that if you use the code Fae Forge on checkout, you'll get 10% off your order. 
We are also proud members of the Fundamentals Podcast Network, so make sure you go to thefundamentals.com to catch up on all sorts of pop culture and nerd stuff. Uh, they have a lot of great articles, a lot of other great podcasts. Um, check them out. And with that, I am your Dungeon Master, Steven. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at the underscore bad DM. My name is Ian Gould, and you can find me on Twitter at Ian G. Gould. Hey, I'm Chris. If I'd like to hang out, you can do so alongside me on Twitter at Kiss of Hemlock. Hey, I'm Adelaide Gardner. You can find me at O Adelaide. Hi, I'm Emily, or M, and you can find me at Emily Irv, that's E-M-I-L-Y-E-R-V, on Twitter and Instagram. My name is Michael Sinclair II. You can find me at Michael Kritz on Twitter and on Twitch. Theme music by Dave Cole of the Four Orbs Podcast. For more music, check out D. Cole Music on YouTube. Additional sound effects and music found at zapsplat.com, tabletopaudio.com, and epidemicsound.com. The Faithforge Academy is a proud member of the Fundamentals Podcast Network. They had all magic at their tips equal to that of the gods. At their tips. Sorry. Did you mean fingertips? I don't even know what I said. You said they had all magic at their tips. (laughs) (laughs) Just the... Sorry, you were doing so awesome. They They have all the magic right at the tipple. Uh, I'll be here all night. I am your orator and uh, and storyteller. I'm sorry that I couldn't let it go. It's because it was just right at the tipple of the nipple. Oh, I wish you hadn't said that. <laughs> um. <laughs>